0: Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it part. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit
1: with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome to Passage to Profit, everybody. This is Richard Gearhart. And Elizabeth Gearhart. Passage to Profit is all about inventions and intellectual property and entrepreneurism. So thanks for joining us today.
2: We have an amazing, amazing show. We also have our media maven from iHeart, Kenya Gibson, here. And we have been doing these shows on Zoom during quarantine and iHeart has been kind enough to take the Zoom audio and put it on iHeart Radio. Big shout out to them. But you know what? Radio isn't all that iHeart does.
1: Right. They have a huge number of platforms. And Dear Heart Law has been using their digital media promotion for a long time now. And it's been super duper effective. Our firm has managed to grow pretty substantially based on the digital media format. So if anybody's thinking about engaging in digital media, definitely check out the iHeart team.
2: Yeah, talk to Kenya. She can sit you up.
1: So who's on the show today?
2: Well, I'm not going to give away the guest just yet. I mean, I know if people see this on video, they'll see him. But I want to talk about what he did a little bit before we say who he is. Okay. But we have Eric who has the wildlife, who brought a snake into the studio when he recorded it in That's right. Our you producer
1: can. ran down to the legal department <laughs> to make sure that we weren't violating any of New York zoning regulations.
2: And we have Shanna, who is just doing amazing things with kids and video and psychology and a movement. And we have Stacy, who has a very, very cool product for anybody who works out and sweats at all. which is the point of working
1: (laughs) who works out and doesn't sweat by the way yeah Uh, so it's
2: gonna be awesome so
1: so what is new in the world of intellectual property
2: IP in the news is yours I'm giving that softball to you
1: All right. The recent Supreme Court decision by Ruth Bader Ginsburg on trademark. This case has been floating around the court system for a while, and it's been kind of a question for intellectual property owners. Can the domain name be trademarked? So booking.com filed a trademark application for the term booking.com, and there was some degree of controversy over whether you could actually get the trademark on that portion of the word that says .com. So it turns out now we finally have an answer, and the answer is yes. You can get a trademark on a URL, and the .com stands as a distinguishing feature of the mark. So now it's possible to protect domain names and domain names as trademarks, which really makes a lot of sense because Booking.com and their branding and their advertising has been using Booking.com as their trademark. And so it's been used consistently with the way trademarks are supposed to be used, and the legal system finally gave them credit for being able to do that. So
2: Right, but if they just wanted to do booking, that would be considered generic, because that's a term that everybody uses, so... The .com helped them get past that. And congratulations, .com.
1: There you go. So what's up next?
2: So I wanted to just say we do a patent palooza every once in a while. So this is a true patent palooza. So there is this man in Japan who holds the Guinness Book of World Records as having more patents than any other person in the world.
1: How many patents does he have?
2: Worldwide, he has... Nine thousand seven
1: hundred All he does is write patents and <laughs> sign paperwork. That's his whole life, right? I mean, I won't say that's misspent time, but that's gotta be a lot of time for well, spent just on the paperwork for it's, that.
2: It's over forty years. He must have a oh, okay. really good patent attorney. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's the president majority shareholder of research company Semiconductor Energy Lab in Tokyo. And most of the patents he holds are in relation to computer display technology and are held by his firm. So, hey, I guess when the bug bites you, it bites hard for some people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Some people just can't stop inventing. I I wonder how many of those products have actually been developed, though. I mean, you know, based on the company, I'm I'm sure that a lot have. But uh, it's kind of funny because lots of times people in the tech sector are very reluctant to file patents. This guy is obviously on the excesses. Side of the debate, he probably employs a whole law firm of people to write and prosecute these patents because not only have to write them up and file them, but you have to get them through the patent office. And I'm sure that's keeping a lot of people really, really busy. Great statistic. So So,
2: hey, if you think you have an idea that's patentable, get started. started. You may (laughs) end up with thousands (laughs) by the time you're
1: done. So thanks a lot for that. And we need to take a commercial break right now. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard Gerhardt and our special yet to be disclosed guest. We'll be right back after this message.
3: There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at WNBC www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit w.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
0: Now back to passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
3: There
2: was this board game, and it still exists, that I used to play in college, graduate school. <laughs> and I still remember from years ago that there was one clue that our team was supposed to give. And I was the one who was drawing it. And what I drew was a butterfly and a bee. And it was supposed to be a person. So.
1: That was George Foreman. No. <laughs> no.
2: No? No. So, so our guest, you can kind of guess that our guest had something to do with this. So, so nobody guessed it, though. So our guest is Rob Angel, the inventor of Pictionary. So, Rob, who was it?
4: Muhammad Ali. Yeah.
2: Such a fun game. I love, it's like charades, but you're drawing it on paper, kind of.
4: So where did the idea come from, Rob? Uh, Pictionary started not with a big idea. I mean, not all big ideas start with a dream or, or this big plan. Mine didn't. Mine started basically when my dad got fired from his job. I was in college and I was going to be my father. You know, I was going to be a businessman and I was going to get a business degree and I was going to run a company. But about halfway through my sophomore year, he gets fired. And so now all of a sudden I'm thinking this guy, my role model, he was a president's company, gets fired. If he can get fired, he's not in control. I wanted to be in control of my future. I want to be in control of my own destiny. I put myself through college, but I said, I'm never going to let anybody have control of me. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start my own business.
1: You know, that's really a great story. I worked for large corporations up until I was 45. It took me 25 years in the workforce to finally get that message. And this is a show about entrepreneurism. And that's one of the things that entrepreneurs get if they do it right They get to be independent and they get the kind of freedom that you sought from a very early age. And it's amazing that you're able to make it work so well.
4: Yeah. And it's it's all mindset. There's no difference from what you're doing. You know, you still have to go to college or you still have to get a job, but it's your mindset of what you want to accomplish. And that's what switched for me in that moment because everything I knew vanished. So I had to reinvent myself myself how I wanted to see myself. And that's how I went forward in life until I discovered Pictionary.
2: How did you come up with the idea for that?
4: Uh, after I graduated, I moved in with three buddies. And one day, one of my roommates says, hey, do you want to play a game we call Charades on Paper? Now, I'm 23 years old, just graduated college. I'm thinking, sure, there's an opportunity. The opportunity was just to have fun. I didn't see it as a business. I didn't see this, oh my gosh, I see it. We started playing, and we played all night. Guess what? The next night we played all night again and again and again. So the wheels started turning because I was looking for an opportunity to think maybe if I can put this fun into a game, then maybe I could have a business here. Maybe there's something here. And that was the genesis. And then I panicked before I got started. We can talk about that as well. (laughs) Nothing goes smoothly, does it? Right. But that was the genesis. That was the Oh, that was my one of my aha moments that I can make a board game out of this.
1: But you built this up yourself, right? And then eventually sold it
4: to a larger company. Yeah. What were the steps that you took? It was 17 years for me to build it to the stage where I sold it to Mattel. So there was a few steps. But once I had the idea, and so I'm thinking to myself, this make a good board game. But as I say, I kind of panicked because I was still in the mindset of, being a waiter, I was waiting tables. I was 23. I told myself I didn't have the skill set. I didn't know what I was doing. Didn't have partners. And I could see picture in the store shelf. I could visualize that. But I couldn't quite get my head around all the steps necessary to get there. And so I shut down. I panicked. I just couldn't get out of my head. I overthought everything. So I, I had to take a little time out, as I call it. I put everything on pause for two years. For two years. But it was never left my mind. I mean, how many times have you had an idea? You get out of the shower or you're playing baseball, whatever. All of a sudden, this beautiful idea comes to your mind, and you may even write it down, but then all of a sudden, you forget about it, or there's too many steps, or you've got distractions, which there are plenty, and then it just goes away. But some of those ideas, they just kind of stick with you. And this was one of those ideas. So something kept telling me over and over and over to do this. But I was trying to solve a physical problem. Once I got past the mental stage, my physical problem was putting words into the game. I didn't know how to do it. So I had to figure that out and then I could get moving forward. Guess what? Trivial pursuit comes along. I remember getting the box, right? I open it up and I look at this card, and I see the word polar bear written on a card and I go, oh, that's how you make picture. I put words on cards. You said when you were starting out, you
1: questioned whether you had the skills to run the business. And you did have a dad who was a president at one point. So maybe when you were growing up, you heard a few things. But that's a challenge that most entrepreneurs face is they have an idea, but getting the skills to actually put it all together and execute on it is
4: an important step. One of my superpowers is I know my limitations. I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. You know, I acknowledge my shortcomings and I didn't want to run a business. I didn't really have the skills, but even if I did, I want to sell, market, and promote. So when you know what you're good at, Mm -hmm. fill in the blanks around you. One of the things about entrepreneurs, a friend of mine works with a lot of entrepreneurs and I asked her, what is the number one reason entrepreneurs fail? It's not because of lack of money. It's because they think they can do it all. You can't, I can't. And if I tried, it wouldn't have worked. So I needed a graphic artist and I needed a business partner, somebody to run the business. I'm not a CEO, I'm okay giving that to somebody else. When you're talking about running the business,
1: you're talking about things like setting up payroll or setting
4: up bank accounts, those kinds of things. Absolutely, you need somebody to do all the cross T's, not the I's. But if you're gonna give somebody a bit of your company, If you're going to have a partner with an equity position, they need to do more than just those physical things. That's okay. They need to share your vision. They have to be excited. They have to share your values moving forward. They have to be proactive and collaborative. This isn't just a matter of finding somebody to set up payroll. You can pay for that. That's easy. But getting a partner that is invested in you, in your business, and what you're trying to accomplish That's the intangible. That's what you need more than anything else. And your partners and my two partners were exactly that.
2: If somebody doesn't see your vision, I mean, things are going to go wrong. And if you don't have that vision in your mind, you're going to get discouraged. And they're going to go, okay, well, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm leaving because they don't see the end result, right?
4: uh, All the time. Have a little faith. We've all got great ideas. I had a great idea, but there was many, many times. Where I'm just scratching my head going, this is too much work, or I don't get it, or, you know, the self-doubt started creeping in again. But through it all, every time I think, you know what? I've got passion for this. I love my product. I love my idea. And I just kept going one foot in front of the other until I was told that I couldn't go any farther. In this case, we kept pushing through. We're here with Rob Angel, Pictionary uh,
1: Fame, and this is Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, also with Kenya Gibson, and we'll be right back after this commercial break.
3: What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at gearhartlaw.com. At Gearhart Law. We have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearhart Law on the web at gearhartla com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
0: Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
2: We are so pleased and excited to have Rob Angel founder and inventor of Pictionary, a game I love, with us here today. And Kenya Gibson, our media maven for my heart, is here, and she has a question.
5: I do. So your story is very motivating uh, as an entrepreneur myself, and I I love the concept of the game, but I want to talk a little bit about how you kind of came up with the name, because it's simple but very clever.
4: Which really is a great point, simpler the better whether it's your name, your business, your business model, the more complicated we get, the farther away we get from what we're trying to accomplish. Game was named, I'd love to take the credit, but I can't. I have to give it to one of my buddies. We were one of those nights I was living with three guys in the house when I started playing Pictionary. And actually to that point, any one of us could have followed through. Any one of us could have done the idea because there's no new ideas. They're just waiting for somebody to find them, right? That expression, I love that. That it's going to find the right person, and it found me. Pictionary was named by Buddy one night, and there was an old game called Fictionary. Yeah. remember that? It's based on the game Balderdash. And so one night he's playing, he goes, hey, you know, this reminds me of an old game I used to play called Fictionary. And he goes, pictures, Dictionary, fiction. We'll call it Pictionary, just like that. It was That
1: was the name. That's great. So you were talking during the break a little bit about a situation you had with collating some cards, and you thought that would be educational for our audience. So tell us a little bit about what happened there.
4: Have you ever had something go so terribly wrong that you think everything's going to end? I thought for sure the business was over. We'd sent out the invitations for the launch. So about 10 days before the launch, we're supposed to have... All our cards for the game. So we're doing 1,000 games, 500 cards per game. Well, that's half a million game cards. They were supposed to come from the printer pre-packed per, for each game. He didn't figure that out. What they came in was 1,000 cards 500 times. So he didn't collate or sort the cards. We'd already sent out the invitations to the party. I mean, it was terrible. We're, we're scratching our heads, we're screaming, we're yelling. But this incredibly negative turned into an incredible positive because we figured out how to get it done. So our, our creative juices kicked in. How are we going to hand sort half a million game cards? It'd be like taking, I did the math, 9,652 decks of cards, throwing them all in the middle of the, in a big pile, and then having to pull out each pack of cards. That's the visual of this. So we put up eight foot tables in my apartment, 170 shoe boxes we got from Nordstrom, and we hand sorted half a million game cards in uh, six days, 16 hours a day. But here's the upside from this, oh my gosh moment, the world's coming to an end to, wow, we're creative, we can work around any problem. Two, we've got each other's back. This is that moment where we had to come together and this common enemy and get this job done. We realized in this moment, we're in this for the long haul. We can make anything happen. We've got each other's back. And it was a brilliant moment that solidified our partnership and the trust that we had moving forward. And it was the basis for a lot of the decisions and a lot of the things that we did in the future that may have seemed really terrible. But we know, you know what? We got this. So this huge negative turned into one of the best positives we could have ever hoped for.
2: So did you see those cards in your sleep at night?
4: <laughs> I, I likened them to a giant Tetris game. <laughs> I'd, I'd fall asleep and I'd see cards just dropping down in my head. Or I'd get dizzy and like, oh my goodness. So yeah, no, it was, it was, I'd like to tell you it was all fun and games, pun intended. It was a lot of work, but we got it done. Well, it's such a great
1: story and the moral is so important. And if you're working with teams in the life of any business, there's a time when it, you know, people have to make sacrifices. And right now, during the COVID crisis, there's a lot of relationships
4: and partnerships are being tested
1: because the circumstances are so severe. It's
4: all about trust. Do you trust your friends? Do you trust your associates? Do you trust somebody to have your back and your best interest at heart? And the business best interest at heart, not theirs. That's when the magic happens. That's when creativity happens. That's when business flourishes. That's right.
5: Richard, you make a very good point about the circumstances that we're all going through right now. And I have a question for Robert. What advice would you give to creatives and entrepreneurs who are, you know, kind of going through the motions with everything going on with COVID, just about using this as a time for reinvention? Because you mentioned reinvention. You mentioned mindset. And I think those are all important things as we all work through this time.
4: Oh yeah, we're all reinventing, whether it's COVID or not, but this has clearly accelerated the conversation. And so you just have to be adaptive to what's going on because whether it's COVID or anything else, life is fluid. Life, there's always gonna be problems. There's always gonna be reinvention. There's always gonna be this. And so just take a couple of minutes or a couple of days, whatever it takes, and just remind yourself of that because we're going to have to pivot. We don't really know most of the time what it's going to look like. So I can't just sit here and say, you know what? I'm going to be a game inventor. Didn't work like that for me. I didn't know I was going to be a game inventor. When I wrote down that word aardvark, that was when I became a game inventor just by writing one simple word. I still didn't have a plan. I still didn't have a business. I still didn't have this grand dream of creating a game that would sell worldwide. I wrote down one word, but I had my mind switched. I was a game inventor. And then guess what? I wrote another word because that's what game inventors do. And another. And I just kept going one foot in front of the other. And at some point, if it didn't work, I'd turn around and go a different direction. Fortunately, it didn't. But I say just take a lot of steps in a lot of different directions. And you'll find what you're looking for. It's, it's kind of like the sommelier, master of wine. I gave this guy once this b- glass of wine. And I said, tell me what it is. It's only 200 guys in the world that can do this. And he smells it. 90 seconds later, he tells me what this glass of wine is. I go, do you know every wine in the world? That's amazing. He goes, of course not. I go, how do you do it? He's, well, he smells it. He goes, it's not a Cabernet. So I eliminate All the Cabernets, not a Syrah, he eliminates all the Syrahs, Chardonnay, and he just keeps eliminating and eliminating, not to what it is, but he eliminates what it's not to get to what it is. So the more you can eliminate what doesn't work, what doesn't serve you, that doesn't resonate, the sooner and the easier it will be to get to what works for you.
5: I just was curious how the whole... Mattel relationship came to fruition. Were you you always intentional to sell the game or did they approach you? How did that all come forth?
4: For the sale to Mattel, we had it for 16 years. I was ready to sell. International license was available. And so we had a deal with Mattel. They bought us out, lock, stock and barrel. But the thing with Mattel was, to the intellectual property, we didn't own any inventory because we'd been licensing from the beginning. We didn't own anything except our IP of the name Pictionary. So that's what they bought. That's what they paid all that money for.
5: I love that story. That's a great IP story.
1: <laughs> well, the trademarks protect the brand. And you say the word Pictionary, and that is the key. We're going to play Pictionary tonight.
4: We used to say, what we played at the house, hey, do you want to come over and draw words on a piece of paper, and then we'll guess them, and then we'll have points, and then we'll try to play a game... Uh, why don't we just play Pictionary? That's what's stuck.
2: The other thing that's really great about this game is I feel like it's very evergreen and long-lasting. So families right now can order it and play it if they're stuck together, right? And it's something to do instead of doing homework together. Or you could even play it through Zoom if you wanted to with other people, right? So it's- I
4: played more Pictionary in the last six months than I have in the last six years. I play online all the time, it's great. It's available as a board game, but I did see that it's also available online as well, right? Oh yeah, they've got Pictionary Air, you can get words, but that's the beauty and the simplicity of Pictionary. And that's how we designed it from the beginning. Again, it's not overthinking, it's not getting it too difficult, We wanted you to be able on Christmas morning, you open up the box, and in two minutes, you're playing. That was it. Keep it simple. And everybody can play. We have to take a break, but we'll be right back with our
1: presenters this evening. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR710, the voice of New York.
3: There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit gearhartlaw.com. This ad has been read by Ananita Attorney spokesperson.
0: Now back to passage to profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
2: Special guest Rob Angel, the inventor of Pictionary.
1: We should do a Pictionary version of Passage oh, to gosh, Profit. That would be so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I'm going to update everybody on my project I've had going. As if you've been listening, you know that I started a video directory for small business called Fireside, kind of the Fireside chat model where I interview people about their businesses, and then put them on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, and also on my website. And I transcribe everything. And the way I'm explaining it now, which I think people understand best, is I'm trying to make a Wikipedia type of website for small business, but using video. And the words too, the transcripts too. To Rob's point, I'm very fortunate to have a very enthusiastic partner. Well, in my husband, of course, but (laughs) our son is... A computer guy and he loves designing websites. And he is going to build me a new website for because the website I'm using now is not perfect. So we have our CTO.
1: He's doing this on the side. So we're not gonna get into too much detail here so he doesn't get in trouble with his right. uh, doing uh, doing um, employer, free. but he's doing it for he's free.
2: He's doing it for free too. Yeah, so. so and then also I have people who are interested in helping me do the interviews because to Rob's point, I've been trying to do it all myself. It's impossible. <laughs> it's
6: <laughs>
2: really impossible. So I am getting people coming on the site, I'm getting interviews, I'm getting things more formalized. I have to redo my business plan. I'm just building it as much as I can.
5: So that's my fireside story.
2: So without further ado, I'm very excited to introduce our first presenter, Stacy Bloom. She has an incredible product for everybody who works out and everybody who has to look at other people who work
7: out. So welcome, Stacy. Thank you. So I'm the founder of Noble Titan, patent powered by Elastifuse Technology Elastifuse technology, we also referenced it as EFT. It's an ingredient brand of sweatband elastic. So it's a really simple concept. So just think about your headband, your wristband. Now take the idea of that sweatband and put it underneath your sports bra or at your waist uh, to hold your underwear up or your yoga pants or your sweatpants, uh, your pajama pants, And the point is that Elastifuse technology absorbs sweat, prevents chafing, and maximizes comfort. So we're solving problems you didn't know you had. That elastic is just that old typical elastic just isn't working for you the way elastic fuse technology could be. So it's been a journey. I never expected to learn as much as I now know about elastic and elastic companies. <laughs> when I came up with the idea, I just went to Models or Dick's. I, I bought sweatbands, I cut them open. I had seamstresses sew them onto shorts and yoga pants and sports bras, but sweatbands as they're, you know, as you would purchase them like that for your head or your wrist, they don't function as a working piece of elastic. The elasticity, the modulus, the shrinkage, they don't work the way elastic needs to work. So I partnered with the largest elastic companies in the world that I didn't even know existed prior to uh, going down this path. And they re-engineered machines to make sweatband elastic to be a functioning piece of elastic. So it's a new crochet and it's a fold over and it's very different actually than everything that's on the market. Because they said, you know, you're really going in the opposite direction of what customers are asking for. Everyone wants to talk about Wicking away and getting kind of thinner and, and wispier, you see that in so much of activewear product in the fabrication, uh, a lot of poly spandex that wicks away sweat. And yes, that's great, but people are still picking up that towel and wiping sweat off their brow or their body. So this sweatband elastic is actually just working in conjunction with the wicking away fabrics.
5: Well, I, I was gonna say, I, I love your tagline, no chafes given. <laughs> <there>. Thank you. <laughs>
7: I want to give a shout out. I participated in a -a brand-a-thon event. It's like a, a, like a hack for branding. It was a shark tank type of competition for ad execs. And in three days, we got great taglines, a great, um, if you go to Noble Titans About Us, the story that you see written there. We had a really excellent team. They actually won. So yeah, they came up with that no chafes given. I loved it. <laughs> no,
5: it's, it's so cool. So is it primarily um, for, is it for men?
7: product that we currently have in the marketplace is men's underwear. So Noble Titan, patent powered by Elastifuse Technology is available on uh, Walmart.com. So it's $14 for a two pack. There's some of the sweatband elastic up there. We are working on all the other categories. So women's yoga pants, women's sports bras. My friends that have been wearing some of the prototypes, one friend does hot yoga, and she says that her mat was usually wet from the sweat dripping down. But when she wears the sports bra with the use technology, her mat's dry, she's dry, she's more comfortable.
5: Yeah, I'm a professional sweater. I got to tell you, <laughs> I sweat profusely when I work out. And I've worked with a couple, a few athleisure brands, Athleta, and I do some work with Carbon 38. I got to mm-hmm. tell you, one of the things that I think is missing in the marketplace is definitely that sweat component. Like I feel like mm-hmm. you were saying, like a lot of products just wig away the sweat, but nothing really absorbs it where it keeps you really dry. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I feel like if somebody can hit the nail on the head in that market, I feel like you reach
7: gold. I just kind of keep going. I'm going to get Kenya. Hopefully we'll have a great testimonial from her once we get her some prototypes. (laughs) So
1: thanks a lot, Stacey. Really enjoyed hearing about your project and you've made fantastic progress.
7: If you go to nobletitan.com, the shop page does take you to walmart.com. The product is selling a two pack for $14. So it's a great deal on walmart.com.
1: Great. Thanks for coming. You're listening to Passage to Profit. We'll be back with our next presenter right
8: after this hi i'm lisa askley's the inventress founder ceo and president of inventing a to z i've been inventing products for over 38 years hundreds of products later and dozens of patents i help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition i bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world qvc hsn evine live and retail stores have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askleys, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingAz.com. Email me, Lisa, at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com.
1: Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We have now one of our favorite celebrity presenters
9: on Passage to Profit, Eric the Reptile Guy. Tell us what's been going on. It's been really a pleasure to hear all your stories and inspirational for me because I've had a company now for 15 years and I really can't patent my product because I'm a wildlife educator, so, you know, we go to schools and and libraries and teach children about the importance of connecting to nature. And from that experience, I've been doing this since I'm 19. Now I'm 43, so it's been a long time since I started. Our company, you know, has been doing great. And then before the whole thing happened with COVID, it was really interesting. It was about three years ago. I said, you know what? As much as I love this, I really wanna take a pause for a few years because I feel like children need to know the truth about pets and animals because when I do programs like with, like I have animals right here, like this snake right here and this frog right here. <laughs> so I do shows with all these animals and I love them. These are like my kids, like I love them so much and I've had them for years. And the thing of it is, is that, you know, kids see me and they're like, yeah, I wanna do that too. I wanna to, to have my animals and share them or, I want a snake or I want a frog, and I think it's awesome. And and it it is awesome. It is awesome to be able to connect with animals. And then there's the other side of it that, you know, the animals can suffer sometimes if if you don't do it right because you have to take care of them. You have to feed them, water them, everything like that. And, you know, I love doing it. And then I realized after doing this for all these years, three years ago, that something changed inside of me. I became vegan, and I was on the airplane coming from the Philippines, and I remember... I met some yogi, and the yogi said to me, well, what do you do? I was like, I'm a reptile guy. I do animal shows. He goes, well, if you if you really love animals so much, um, are you vegetarian? I'm like, no. He's like, well, if you love them so much, then why do you eat them? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and when he said that, I was like, wow, changed something in me. And then I said, all right, I'll try. I'll try becoming you know, a vegetarian for a while. The thing of it is, is that after that happened, it really started to change me. And I didn't think in terms of like, how am I going to change my business? I'm just, it was like more of an internal thing. Like I just didn't feel right. I had an alligator. I brought it back down to Florida and it's like, you know, I'm going to give her away. And I almost started bringing my animals to sanctuaries because, you know, I don't know if I can do this anymore because I had this weird feeling each time I do it, that it's not authentic anymore. And I was like, well, what are you going to do to be authentic? And then I actually almost ended up destitute and homeless, literally, because um, I ended up living in a a hotel for like a year and a half. And while I was there, a friend of mine says, Eric, there's this road that has all these salamanders on it. You should go to the road with all the salamanders. I'm like, heck yeah, let's go. The salamanders are there and I'm seeing the salamanders. And when I got back to the hostel, to my little hotel room, I was like, I'm gonna make a magazine. <laughs> and I just started like creating this magazine. It's like people should know about each one of these animals. And it's so important for kids to know, for people to know. And before they all go extinct and before we all go extinct, this is important for people to know. So here it is Nature Now Magazine. And this is the first issue. And I found this uh, another pond and we found these salamanders there. And we started making this magazine, which is fascinating. So I said, Well, How can we bring kids into the magazine? How can you, without just reading it and flipping pages? So I said, there's a company in Quebec that does virtual reality. And I said, well, how about we make it a virtual reality magazine? And then we can like, the kids can scan codes and see where we are. So literally these little scan codes, kids can get the virtual reality glasses that come with it. And then they put the glasses on, put the phone inside, and they can see exactly where we are by scanning. They can have the glasses and get VR, or they can scan the code and get a video and see exactly where we are in the pond with the salamanders and learn all about the animals. And there's there's um, activities in here, ways you can save animals, ways you can ways you can live a better life that environmentally friendly to help animals. And also, um, the other part of this magazine is that on a weekly basis, I go on a live video chat. the kids can ask me questions directly. And it's like, well, Eric, you're going to do that forever? I'm like, well, I'll do it until I die. And so (laughs) because it's so much fun and I love it. And so it actually gave me an opportunity to honor the animals that I had in captivity, but also bring kids into nature. So we literally go to the pond live or to Africa live or Madagascar live or wherever country we're in. And we Skype back to schools, utilizing the magazine as well.
5: I wish I had that when I was in school. We just had a textbook. I just, I just think with like kids learning virtually, I like. I know my little nephews were here a couple of weeks ago, and they do like they mm-hmm. were doing their little Zoom classes, and it's like. You know, being creative and, uh, you know, creating ways for kids to learn mm-hmm. now is, is just more, you know, imperative more than ever.
9: So, uh, wow, it's mm-hmm. very cool what you're doing.
1: And kids love animals, too. Uh, mm-hmm. has, have you started the Kickstarter campaign yet? Yes,
9: or- it started a week ago with 30%. So our, our, our initial um, investment would be 10000 so that way we can get it going so the way people can see it. This we already did. This we actually already distributed last year. I wanted to see if it was valuable to schools and the schools they ate it up we 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 distributed about 4000 magazines to different schools that we would go to at like in person
1: If
2: you want to help with this mm-hmm. it's Nature Now 2030 because there are goals you want to reach by 2030 so if you go to Kickstarter mm-hmm. and you type in Nature Space Now Space 2030 you will find this And the money's going to such a wonderful cause.
9: I I love this. 2030 came about a few weeks ago. I was reading a book called Be the Difference. And all this stuff is great. And I said, you know, with the extinctions, I really want to support that. And how can we support that? And in that book, Be the Difference, it talked about creating a movement like it's nice to have an idea something to create but when you create a movement that's different because then you can invite people to be part of it and make the changes in their life that would actually really make a difference and so we said zero extinctions by the year 2030 it was the point that okay if we start now we got 10 years that we can have zero extinctions from human impacts by 2030 which, you know, could have potentially avoided something like COVID because that actually came from a, an animal called a pangolin. A pangolin is an, a creature from Southeast Asia that people eat it and they they wiped them out nearly to extinction. People have eaten them so much that they've almost wiped them out. And so because of that, that's a, an example of something that, you know, not really connecting to nature and understanding the creature. So when you understand the creature, then you know, okay, well, it could carry this disease or maybe we shouldn't eat it or all these different details, you know.
5: Eric, have you ever thought of turning your curriculum into
4: a game? Ken is absolutely right. Gamifying everything right now Mm -hmm. is what people are doing, whether it's social distancing or washing your hands or anything. You've Mm got to make a game out of it. You've got a great concept, a great idea. And the way people are right now, teachers are starving for ways to engage their students. By Zoom, teaching is very difficult. So if you can offer them something that is a different way to teach and interactive, gamifying, I think that's a big, big way to go.
9: We actually do have a game and um, it's right, it's literally directly on my cell phone and it's a digital media card. And what it is, is um, the kids can go to our card. So there's the card right there, you can see it. And then you scroll up and then we have wood frog quizzes and games directly on this card. There's all different activities. There's a quiz game where they have like little boxes, that like a guessing game.
2: <laughs> Nature Space Now Space 2030. You know, give what you can. Be part of making the world a better place and maybe hopefully
1: staving off the next pandemic. But you are listening to Passage to Profit. Thank you for joining us this evening. Eric, great to see you and talk with you again, and thank you for sharing. We'll be right back after this message.
3: There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, Visit dot com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
0: Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
2: And our media maven, Kenya Gibson. And we are to our final presenter. If you are just tuning in, the podcast comes out tomorrow. We have some excellent content on here really great and it'll be on the YouTube channel too so you can actually see everybody. I am so delighted to introduce Shauna Truffini. She has been working on this project for years. She's been on the show before and what she is doing is truly amazing. Welcome Shauna.
6: Thank you. Thank you for having me and it's so fun to be back and to hear everybody's stories today. I've taken notes all on my desk right now. I'm mind is exploding with amazing ideas and insights. So I just love coming on. So thanks.
2: Yeah. So tell us all about You Are a Gardener.
6: I wrote this children's book, You Are a Gardener, and it was inspired to uh, empower my daughter who at seven was diagnosed with anticipatory anxiety. The message all uses gardening vocabulary to help kids identify, communicate, manage their emotions in a positive way through flowers, weeds, and seeds and pulling your weeds, which is all about talking about your negative feelings and emotions and turning them into positive solutions. So when I wrote the book, uh, it rapidly flourished into an entire platform dedicated to spreading the seeds of social and emotional learning skills for our kids. I wrote a curriculum for teachers. I present to students. I created a Pull Your Weeds blog. And just in listening to what Rob was one foot in front of the other, ton of different directions. Well, this summer and during the last three months when my kids were home, we were trying to figure out how we could still connect with teachers and students and contribute bright and positive content. Over the last few years, my children and I have been making a short YouTube video series called Hello Gardeners. It was my daughter's idea when she was eight years old to help other kids pull their weeds and come up with positive solutions and do fun crafts and all sorts of exciting things. And so as we were here together and I was trying to find some fun activities to keep our kids busy, we came up with a brand new adventure called Camp Hello Gardeners. And so the illustrator of my book is also our videographer and she was also grounded at home. Her husband's an ER doctor, so she's officially not leaving her house. And we, uh, we came up with our camp, and what it is, it's a series of pre-recorded videos that feature about 10 fun activities for kids with multiple guest gardeners on each series that um, are professionals teaching kids new skills from yoga to Qigong to how to make glitter Play-Doh. Uh, we have mindfulness activities, sensory activities, and my kids, Anna and Aiden, who are now nine and 11, Uh, Every week, we're coming up with ideas on fun things we can teach kids from how to make your own chalk paint, how to make ice paint, how to make your own stress-relieving colored bubbles. I mean, we are coming up with all sorts of ideas, and uh, we're putting them all in a 25 to 30-minute video, and each video comes with its own activity sheet so that kids can kind of print it out during the week, and they'll have all the activities that they're going to work with and all the materials they need, which are always common household items. So our goal with everything that we're doing and all the content we're creating is really to try and raise a new generation of emotionally empowered kids and really getting them to use their voices, really having them comfortable with learning skills and mindfulness activities like meditating and grounding exercises. It's also important. Children need this right now. The stress and anxiety levels in kids and everywhere we are right now is really at an all-time high. So when all this is going on and um, all these steps that we're taking, we're just trying to really get out there and connect with kids.
1: You're obviously uh, leading the way in that department. It sounds like a lot of great things. So you mentioned pulling weeds
6: yes flowers are your happy things in our book flowers are your joy your happy place and weeds are your sad mad sad negative emotions and as gardeners it's really important to pull your weeds to make room for your flowers and appreciate your joy so pulling your weeds is really talking about your negative feelings and emotions with somebody you trust a parent a teacher a babysitter. And by talking about your negative feelings and emotions, you're absolutely coming up with positive solutions, which are really powerful, especially for young kids. So the more problems we're solving in a positive way, the more we're communicating about it, the stronger our roots are going to be. And our goal is just to do our part to really brighten the future for this younger generation. I think they're uh, really needing some powerful tools right now.
4: This whole movement about being authentic and sharing your emotions, it's expanding Throughout the universe, throughout, you know, yes. society. Yes. And the sooner we can get the kids involved, at least to understand, they may or may not get it, but yep. at least the seeds are being planted. So I love that idea.
6: Well, thanks for using a good analogy too. The seeds are being planted. That's the beautiful thing about what we're doing. Gardening vocabulary is so organic and... The phrases we come up with all the time, even though this is geared towards, you know, kids four to 12, the message is ageless. We all need to pull our weeds and we all need to have a, an arsenal in our toolbox of things that we can really turn to when we're feeling stressed or anxious. So
2: You said that your kids looked at a bully and said... Well, he's got a lot
6: of weeds. Absolutely. Just um, when I had first started this out, my son was five, my daughter was seven. It was in response to my daughter's anxiety, but how my five-year-old son, who was in kindergarten, was using it really proactively and how he was seeing things really was one of the driving forces on how I how can I get this into schools because teachers are so consistent. And one of our early experiences with this before I even had the book in my hand We witnessed a few children on a playground and one child was just really upset and pushing on people and yelling. And it made my kids uncomfortable. And later on, they kind of said, you know, mom, we felt bad for that kid. You know, he probably had a lot of weeds and maybe he was, nobody was helping him pull his weeds. And, you know, it really made me look at it in such a different light because they're right. We all have weeds. So that empathy piece with our program is
4: everything. I remember a story of my daughter. She's about seven years old. She came home crying. So what's wrong, honey? What's wrong? She goes, oh, this girl at school is picking on me, and she's making me feel bad. And I go, oh, was she having a bad day? Yeah. My daughter kind of looks at me. She goes, what do you mean? I'm looking for a little support here. Yeah. I go, no. Are you a good person? Well, yeah. Are you happy? Yeah. yeah. Well, then it's her problem, not yours.
6: Absolutely actually been looking for a new word for bully because I don't really like it because I think that those are the kids are kind of getting, you know, lost in the shuffle and a little um, labeled as something when I think those are the kids who really need help, who could really use a program. like Those are really important things to observe. So how are you getting the word out about this? Oh man, this thing, you know, it started with this bright special idea that kept us up all night making these videos and everything just feels so right. I feel like everything we've done for the last few years is all leading to this Camp Hello Gardeners, which, you know, is just a really special thing for our family. But the kids that are, you know, our campers that have joined are absolutely loving it. And uh, so right now the marketing piece has really been, you know, email blast and social media and word of mouth. And just growing it was a little more challenging than I thought. I just thought, oh, this is going to be wonderful and every parent's going to want to sign up for this. But we did come out in a time where virtual camps all of a sudden just exploded. But ours is different. It's pre-recorded. You can do it anytime, anywhere. You can do it in your living room. You can save it for a rainy day for your kids. You can just enjoy it. It's fun, it's happy, it's uplifting, and it's authentic. Okay, so, how do people find it? So, if you go to um, my website, which is youareagardener.com, just as it sounds, you are a gardener, or On uh, Instagram and Facebook, it's at URGardener, hashtag PullYourWeeds, hashtag Camp Hello Gardeners. Uh, You'll be able to find it
1: there. Well, thanks for bringing this uh, inspirational message forward and creating great content for kids that help them learn about themselves in a really unique and approachable way.
2: Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show on WOR 710, iHeartMedia. We'll be right back.
3: What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www. Dot Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at g-e-a-r-h-a-r-t-l-a-w.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
0: Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit.
3: I just love what people are doing. And everybody here is doing it with their
2: hearts. You know, I feel like everything came out of people's heart. I'm going to just go through the presentations we had. So our guest is Rob Angel, the inventor of Pictionary, which has brought so much joy to so many people, honestly. (laughs) And you can find him at robangel.com. Yeah, we also have Kenya Gibson, our media maven for iHeart. And you can get a hold of her at Kenya Gibson at iHeartmedia.com. If you have questions about maybe getting yourself into some media, doing some advertising with iHeart, she's the one to talk to. Then we had Stacy Bloom, who has this incredible workout product it's an absorbable elastic waistband that makes you look a whole lot better to everybody else (laughs) and also makes you more comfortable and she's selling it on walmart.com the name of it is noble titan and eric eric is doing a kickstarter campaign called nature now 2030 so if you go to kickstarter yes Mm -hmm. nature space now space 2030 and he's got a magazine for kids that is interactive with virtual reality and videos and Nature Now 2030 is a movement to end extinctions of threatened species by 2030. So it's a wonderful thing to contribute to on Kickstarter.
1: And if you want to get in touch with Eric, he's all over the internet, social media. Just look for Eric, the reptile guy. You won't miss him.
2: And then finally, we had Shana Truffini, again, who also is starting a movement, which is also a very important movement. And it's a movement for children to be able to recognize and deal with their feelings in a more positive way and with other kids And the way they're treating them, it's called You Are a Gardener. It's about pulling the weeds of negativity out of your soul.
1: Can I work in that she's also a Gearheart Law client?
2: Absolutely. So you can find her at youareagardener.com. And if you have kids, you want to go to
1: the site, believe me,
2: because there's a lot of really great stuff for kids
1: on here. Unfortunately, we're at the end of the show.
2: I do need to, every week, say thank you to our producer, Noah Fleischman, because he takes what we do on this Zoom audio and somehow gets it good enough to go on iHeartRadio in New York City and on the podcast. So thank you, Noah. Don't forget to join us next week, everybody.
1: And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on iHeartRadio, WOR710, the voice of New York.